Why are you dressed like that? Oh. What's going on? Andrea's escaped. She convinced one of the guards to drug me and she swapped our places. Why didn't they tell me that on the phone? Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Conveyor. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We overanalyze episodes of the Aussie Soap Neighbours that have just aired on Australian screens. I'm Vaya. I'm a TV writer by trade and I can never suspend disbelief, which is not ideal when watching TV. And we are in the PirateNet studios in Melbourne, socially distanced. We have Kate who tweets at Remude on Twitter. Hi, everybody. And... Catherine Jones, also known as CJ the Hot Mess Mum. Hello. Hi, everyone. Are we, how are we? Are we good? <laughs> oh, you know, just getting by day by day. Yep. Pretty good. We're all still here. Yes. Well, I'm back. Yes, you went to... You went to the Anglesey Backpackers. Where, um, we always reference the Anglesey Backpackers because that's where former father went. Well, I don't know why he was there. He was backpacking. Uh, the guy who they suspected, like, caused the crash at the backpackers he fled there as well remember t-bone yeah or t-bag it's a backpackers network oh yeah one of yeah. those one of those you know bad people we just forget of the after week. like a week yeah. yeah he's probably due a return t-bag t-bone yeah i th- wasn't he in love with um one of the characters piper piper in love with slash sexually assaulting oh sorry whoopsie that's all right it's a common mistake it is um shall we do Neighbours Council business. The business, again. I keep wanting to plug the perfect blends on this day message to me on the day my son was born on the 24th of May. I finally got the message. It's worth reading out um, on the pod because they went to a lot of effort. And these are great storylines. So they cobbled together all the storylines they could find from the 24th of May in the world of Neighbours. Okay. 1977, Kim Valentine is born. That's in real life. 2013, Mark Brennan turns up at Kate's door after witness protection. Ooh, that's a big one. After the eclipse too. 20. That, that's when we were excited to see him as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a big WTF moment. 2016, Lauren tells Steph about Ned dropping his towel. <laughs> Oh, that's very relevant to your life. Yeah, it's really curated. On, and, on brand. Mm. Mm. And 2018, this is a good one for all of us, I think, Steph barbecues Sonia's wedges. Oh, memories. <laughs> 2018, yeah, two years ago. So, wow, the Shubique episode of this podcast. I feel like it's just been a long time since Steph was a regular. Mm. Yeah, I guess that, that long. She wasn't on long after that, was she? And, okay, now we've got some people that joined our Facebook group, Neighbours Council. Um, Dan listens to the podcast at home before work so I can start the day with laughter. Oh, Dan. So wholesome. And uh, Ayelet listens whilst working. Less wholesome, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Actually, when I saw that, I wondered what their job was. Mm. Like, um, 
Yeah, because I listen a lot when I'm working, not to neighbours all the time. but um, And also with the starting the day with laughter, I would like to know, are we part of your miracle morning? Because I've been reading about them this week. <laughs> what is that? Um, so it's some guy, Hal, L, I don't know, um, and he developed – he's like a speaker and he developed a system where you have a miracle morning. One of, one of the things you do in a miracle is morning it? is set your intentions for the day. So every morning has to have a miracle in it? Yeah. No, but you create it. Oh, yeah, it sounds it's, exhausting. And I've heard about these, and it, part of it's meditation. Mm. There'd be a bit of this going on at Steph's business, actually, the Motelness Centre. Yeah, they would can, start with a miracle morning. You can probably like log right into one. Mm. So I set my intention for the first time on Friday. Does anyone want to know what it is? On a Thursday, I didn't set one for Friday. Go on, go on. Oh. It was to go about my day without letting other people's stress impact me. Mm. <laughs> did it work? It did because somebody tried, and I went, "Okay, great," and then I moved on. Um, to me, cause I have a four week old now, so mm. morning is night and night is morning. Mm. Time is fluid. I think you could have your miracle at any time of yeah. the day. So a miracle morning for me is just. So at what stage do you have to drink the Kool-Aid? Cause it oh. sounds like you're joining a cult here. Uh, before you listen to the book, I think. Oh, okay. I think I'm yeah. well through. Just don't go to a place called Jonestown. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> or London. Where was Prue's cult based? Yeah, I've, yeah, I feel like it was like a suburb of London, maybe out of London, Islington or something. Mm. Um, no, that's trendy. Someone will tell me which. Okay, UK friends, which suburb of London is that cult based out of? And um, give you reason why yeah. as well. Oh, and my other podcast, Daily Baby. If thanks for thank you to our listeners who have jumped over there to check it out. And if you could do me a favor and share it with someone who's got a baby or about to have a baby, that'd be awesome. That'd be nice. Um, and I just talk about a few minutes out of my day with baby Dr. Carl, who I keep looking at at the moment because he's about probably about to wake up any minute, but it's fine. He's in the corner. I've put him in the corner. I've put, literally put the baby in the corner. Um, and that's it. This is business. It's not personal. We are going to talk about a couple of big events from Neighbours from the 15th of June 2020 onwards. We kicked off with a bang. On Monday, we had the old switcheroo as forecast by one Kate Stradamus. You picked it, but it did not at all play out how I how you no. thought it would play out uh, or how we thought it would play out. Well, we thought – I mean, essentially it happened, right? So yeah. there was – you know, oh, she, yeah. was, she was knocked out, swapperoo. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was going to be a bit more um, – no, I have to prove that I'm D – Yeah, so Dee and Andrea swapped. Glorious. How did it happen? Gardening. Yeah, and the gardening visits. And she drank the Kool-Aid, I guess. Yeah. um, So the guard gave Madeline West, sorry, Uh, Dee. Johnny Ruffo. Yeah. Yeah, from X Factor? No. Oh. Uh, Australia's Got Talent? And then Home and Away? Oh, yeah, he's come across people, the bay. People love him, though. He, he's a good guy. I think he's a good guy. And he's had a lot of um, – he had like a brain tumour or yeah, something. He's, he's had a rough trot. Oh, like the person? Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for coming to Erinsborough. I mean, maybe the guard did too. That's why he's a bit down, yeah. he's, down look, and he's, out. He's unlucky in love. Mm. So basically the prison goes into lockdown, which was planned by Andrea and her boyfriend from X Factor. And she's used her mother's poisoning method – yeah. Of choice. Like, you know, she didn't use the shortbread biscuits. She just used a 
water bottle. Not medicinal aspirin. Mm. Mount Franklin. Now, I've pointed out Susan Kennedy always has half a bottle of Mount Franklin when she goes on a wander and she goes missing. <laughs> so, Dee had a full bottle, mm. but there was something in it. What do you reckon was in it? Probably aspirin. It's neighbours. And she's been in Byron Bay, so she's... I think she'd have a tolerance. <laughs> yeah, astri- aspirin. Like, uh, like, like Fenergan wouldn't hit the sides if you've been on, at Byron Bay, so... Well, Look, she's been to a few festivals up there, surely. She's mm. maybe it was she's on acid. Maybe it was just Andrea's rocket fuel that she and um, Ellie got on the Terps with. Maybe. We just, think, you'd think that you'd go, this, does, this doesn't taste like mineral water. <laughs> this, this tastes like rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> so she drinks it and she's knocked out in the prison garden. The prison's still locked down, and then I'm assuming Andrea comes in, rips all her clothing off because we are on Monday, the scene opens with Dee asleep on the ground in Andrea's clothing. Mm. And then Andrea's in – yeah, so yeah, so Dee's wearing the prison uniform and yeah. Andrea's in her airy-fairy florals. Yeah. And now, Kate, you observed that she had to do a bit of a hair transition. Maybe you reckon, yeah, they swapped wigs at the time. <laughs> but I thought it was going to last heaps longer. Yeah. Like, Dee was captured for 15 minutes in that prison. Everyone it, just believed her straight away. Everyone believed Heather saying, no, no, this, is, this isn't me, me Andy, it's me Dee. My daughter is here. Yeah. No, my other daughter Dee. It, it wasn't Andy. Andy's missing. I went to the yard and, and, I, and I looked and it was my daughter Dee, Andy's twin. I don't have time for this. Bloody Heather, can, don't use your daughter's nickname when you're trying not to confuse people. Because she's like, it's not Dee, it's Andy. It's not Andy, it's Dee. And it's like, just you say Andrea. <laughs> no one knows who Andy is. Um, oh, yeah, see, I thought it was going to be, you know, like how I said, oh, there'll be like a reference to the Mulloway and the blah, blah, blah. And it'll, they'll, she will have to work hard to prove that she's not Dee. Yeah, they were going to do the old Homer Simpson, like which one's Krusty the Clown, which one's Homer Simpson. No. I, I wondered whether it was so quick because I think that we're not the only people that feel like Toadie's been through too much. <laughs> and I think imagine if he was tricked into spending time with Andrea again. And he, he only worked it out when they were in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, she, like imagine she they cons- got back together, oh, you know. And she conceives a second child. But oh. he, he only picked it up when she did like, you know, the, the flexible grasshopper or something. Some <laughs> He was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> so Andrea's on the lamb, but she's got an agenda. She rocks up at the at the Rebecca household, finds a couple of chumps there who are babysitting. And and let baby Hugo go to um, his dad's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And dead wife. Yeah. yeah. V gets a text saying... Uh, it's Dee, I'm coming over for my play date with Hugo. Which, she's Hugo's auntie. Maybe that's plausible. But it's funny she didn't message wow, Toadie to say, oh, Dee's coming over. Yeah, I'm going to let your child out with a, an adult that you didn't mention. And how does um, how does Andrea know that um, Yashvi's looking after him anyway? She doesn't. Maybe she was just going to pretend to be Dee. But why is she, like, sending it out to, like, everybody who lives in the Rebecca household <laughs> saying, oh, hey, Dippy, I'm just coming over to pick up Hugo. Maybe there was a scene missing. Because I think this is right about when COVID hit and there's a few 
distancing situations because we missed an episode that aired just before, the week before on Friday, which was Mackenzie's uh, diary reading in Harold's Cafe, which was beautifully scripted, like really poignant. Yeah, really poignant moments, except the only people that were in attendance at the reading were people that were doing the readings. Mm -hmm. So no homophobes got to have their minds transformed. You could have chucked in a bloody camera grip or a makeup artist. One homophobe. Mackenzie's father. Oh, yeah, one. Yeah. The one that counted. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do believe that these scenes from some intel were all in and around this situation, mm. the COVID situation. Because there was one scene – so Andrea grabs Hugo and away she goes. And a couple of those scenes looked like, looked like they were filmed with an iPhone. They were very raw. Blair Witch Project, you reckon? <laughs> just in the um, – it looked like a portable classroom. It was just an old shed or – office building or something that she had Hugo in a playpen. Now, where were they? Because it mentions later in the week, she's like, look, this place doesn't even have a yard or a shower. It felt like a site office for yeah. somewhere. Yes. It was much like, remember when um, Hugo and Nell were, when Kyle lost them in the, the handy woman's office? Yes. You know what? Tony's children go missing so often, I don't even bat an eyelid anymore. You know, Layla's been around a bit because of foster care. I think maybe she needs to sniff a bit more. She said the other day, oh, I'm just in the area. That's probably why. She's like, <laughs> DHS have called me in to investigate the Rebecca's. Remember Aaron said, would you ask Tony if he's a good enough parent? Yeah, she asks him regularly. <laughs> She's actually, I'm on my way there now. Do you to pass a message on? This is a week of two missing children. We'll get to the other one. <laughs> um, so, oh, actually, yeah. well, kind of technically three because Mackenzie was out beyond curfew as well. Oh, so for half an hour, yeah, yeah. That's that's how she sticks it to the guardians. <laughs> She's get, such a nerd, man. <laughs> get get stiffed. I'm coming home at eleven fifteen, <laughs> and I'll just text you to warn you that this is happening. <laughs> It's cute. She's, yeah, she's such a nerd. <laughs> Who was Richie's mum again? Was she the obstetrician? No, that was um, that other shitbag. Different shitbag. They were mm. friends, those shitbags, though. Mm. Mm. That, that kid that everyone memed on the internet, he had a really angular face. Oh, yeah, he looked like the rat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> gone. He's a shitbag I don't remember. Like he, hasn't the other been, ones. he hasn't been redeemed. Um. Ned and Yashvi feel terrible because they've lost a child. So I'm just thinking that people like don't like having uncomfortable some conversations. That's just what people are like. And I think that if I was at my uncle's house looking after his kids and the ex-girlfriend, who I know, like they know her, came to the door, I wouldn't say, hey, wait a second, you can't take him. Like I, I probably wouldn't. I think most people probably wouldn't. Yeah, Yashvi takes it personally because she's wrapping up her police academy training. Yeah. But it's oh, not gosh, she is a bloody prodigy. She was involved in that undercover sting when she'd had like twelve hours of police training. See, that's given her a false sense of confidence. She needed something like this to bring her back down to earth. She did, but she's still gonna be a cop in like a week. Oh yeah. Yeah. But um Cause Levi needs a partner. Oh, he does. He needs a few things. <laughs> Welcome to the credits, PS, Levi Canning. Yeah, um, he's um, the sexual object of all people at the um, Neighbours production. And there's no apologies about it because what a way, what a way to enter the credits. Shirtless, leaf-raking. Yeah, and your, your nana and your um, uncle? Uncle? What's Kyle? Cousin. cousin. Yeah. Your nana and your cousin just laughing at you while you do it. Yeah. 
I don't even know people raked leaves in this day and age. I just thought they blew away the genius plan that mastermind Nanny Ellis slash Heather puts to the cops to essentially get Hugo back and um, throw her daughter back into it. Like basically she has to make this – she has this moral dilemma, do I sacrifice my my evil daughter's freedom – for the sake of my good daughter's happiness. Well, it's all because Heather finds um, the, the, the burner phone in the veggie patch. That undid the whole plot for me, really. So Heather's plan is to, which she puts to Levi, and Levi's like, sounds good to me. It's my first week on the job. If some civilian wants to come up with a plan, I'm all, all ears. And the plan is I'm going to pretend I've also escaped from prison because this is the sort of thing that can happen twice in two weeks. Yeah, it's a, it's a leaky sieve out of Goodwood. And convince Andrea I'm going to go on the run with her and that's how you'll get Hugo back and we're going to meet at Erinsborough High in yeah. the suburb where everyone knows her and me. And this prison's not close to Erinsborough, is it? Well, no prison's meant to be close to Erinsborough. Yeah, because we find out later in the week that the prison, the man prison <laughs> – where Rob Rob is, is far away because Paul is far away when he gets the call that Emmett needs someone to pick him up. But my question there, probably for Kate, our geography buff, is I always thought Rob Rob was in Aubrey. That's what I thought too. For, and, which is four hours from Aaron's Yeah, and apparently I mean, Emmett should what? change schools if he's in school in Aubrey. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. There's There's been some retconning here and my geography nerd alarm was going off. Unless... When Rob Rob gave his kidney to David, remember that? Um, That's right. He was trying to bargain with Paul to get himself moved to a more convenient prison. That Now, that didn't happen, but maybe it did happen off camera. But I feel like if he's moving from Albury to Melbourne, he'd actually be having to go up to a, like a more secure prison in Melbourne. What do you think, CJ? Yeah, he'd be going to Port Phillip. Where's that? And like out Deer Park oh, yeah. way. Like, but it's in an industrial place. It's near no things. But Deer Park is 45 minutes from Erinsborough. Oh, yeah. at, the, no, at the very least. Yeah. Like, an hour. we're about a 45 minutes. Okay. From, yeah. So say Deer Park is an hour, an hour and a half from Erinsborough, then at least it makes sense that Paul, maybe Emmett's school is out near um, Deer he, Park. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, you know, gone for a drive maybe to Sunshine Plaza or something like that yeah. to go to Donut King there, yeah. pick up a coffee and some donuts yeah. before going back to meet Harlow again. Wonderful. And may, maybe um, I was trying to pick... If Aaron Emmett's uniform reminded me a bit of St. Bernard's in Essendon, the boys' school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. brown, kind of drabby drab. So maybe Paul's like, all right, I can nip over to Essendon, get Emmett, go back to Sunshine. Yeah, maybe gonna, there's a few burger places there. Maybe I'll get a <laughs> burger. Um, I mean, I would like a donut now. <laughs> but when – Oh, hang on. In, in the meantime, Andrea's dyed her hair brown, a.k.a. taking her wig off. And while she's doing that um, – Old mate Johnny Ruffos decided to do a runner, and he stole the hundreds of dollars that she'd that he'd stashed in the couch for her. She's an idiot. P.S. So Johnny Ruffo is one of the guards that she's been having it off with to to get him to help her escape, and he's fully in love with her. And this we've seen this plot a few months ago when Finn was banging Harry on Bum Island. Hmm. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. And the minute, um. 
Harry like falls for him and says, all right, we're going to go start a life together. Millsy's like, nah, I'm done. I've got other shit to do. I've got to burn this place down. And Andrew did the same thing. Johnny Ruffo's like, great, we're going to live in this shack now. Let's have one more role in the hay. And Andrea's like, nah, I've got other stuff to do. He's like, why can't you have one more role in the hay to get your plan one step further? I mean, to be fair, her toddler was in the same room with them. That would not stop her. Yeah. Um, I've got two points. The first one is, what a see you next Tuesday for taking the money. But mm. I guess he was stopping her from moving on because he then calls Toadie. And sings like a canary. Which is what Harry did to mm. Milsey. She is naive as yeah. anything to like let him see the money. She should have just hidden it in a couch cushion, undone the zip, popped it in there, bang, he'd never know and about it. And remind us where the money's from. Oh, it's from Old Bay Claudia. For? For um, roughing up Ellie. And, yeah, starting st- causing a commotion in so the prison. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the UK viewers probably wouldn't have realised that they were $100 notes, a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, so it was quite a bit mm. of money. So she's, she's either been paid off by Claudia or it's Christmas and she's had a visit from my dad. I just think why is she – like Andrea is a savvy lady, but she's at the end of the day a lady. If you don't want to do that, you just say, oh, it's that time of the month. Yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> And he'll go, oh, cool, I'll go get chocolate. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> recoil from the guy that you're trying to no. set a honey trap for. That's not going to work. He's going to ring Toady. A honey trap only works if it's sweet the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Get him to move. Like, he was talking about moving to the country, having a nice life together. Do all of that and then say, actually, I'm not really attracted to you. Do what Millsy said to Harry. Go to the cabin. Yeah. And you go set us up. And I'll meet you there. Yeah. Go to Spotlight, get some new blinds, and because, I'll see you after. Because God knows the police are going to stop looking for an escapee prisoner and the prison guard who helped her escape. <laughs> like, it's not like their faces wouldn't be over every news service Well, they're too, bu- they're too busy trying to find the CCTV of the garden plot. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe there was a female prison guard back in the 90s who, was, um, yeah. who helped her lover and an accomplice escaped from, was it the Melbourne Assessment Prison? Mm. Wow. Yeah. And, like, they, they actually, like, this was the, the one on Spencer Street in the city. They escaped out one of the windows there. Yeah. They, she went to prison for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So Heather finds the burner phone and she says to Andrea, well, that, P.S., that burner phone, you will note that it's no iPhone, that, that, that it is skinny enough to conceal up crevices, I'd say. It was like a Motorola razor. <laughs> and she says to her daughter, look, I can help you. I've, I know some friends in Mildura, Tracy and Mike, hmm. and they're going to help me. Oh, it's been some good fruit picking jobs up there too. <laughs> it's right on the border. We can have a nice swim in the river. And she, is it? I just made yeah, that yeah. And I was going to say, you can be like a deckhand yeah. on a paddle steamer. Yeah, great. Um. She hangs up the phone and then she says her plan to Levi. Like, now I have to get out of prison, pretend. And it's like, no, you've set up the plan. The, you now get two undercover cops called Mike and Tracy to go to Mildura and meet Andrea and you save Hugo there. Well, except that it's who knows how long it would take her to actually get there and Hugo's in danger the whole time. Well, yeah. then you just reroute her. You go, okay, Mike and Tracy have come down from Mildura. They're going to meet you in Essendon. But also, you don't have to let Heather out to do the negotiation. No. Heather can say, I'll meet you at Erinsborough High. Yeah. She gets there and, you know. Hashtag another dark day for Erinsborough Police. 
Yeah. So we have to have Toadie the whole time trying to blow a gasket or trying not to blow a gasket. He's like, let, let me at him. Let's my. Do not open that door. Take a breath and pull yourself together. You do something stupid and you risk losing your son. Kid. Oh my god! Oh, I took a screenshot of the little map of their GPS system because they they stuck an ankle bracelet on um, Heather, and it was like so zoomed out, like it was. You think they would have had it in, like saying, "Okay, she's in this part of Erinsborough High," but no, she's actually just in this general spot in the whole suburb. Yeah, yeah like you wanted to say, okay, she's in the science block or whatever, mm. but no, it's, it's it would only have told us if she'd moved to Eden Hills in that conversation. Like I lose my iPad in the house a few times a week and I use the little find my app and it tells me where in the house because I just like walk around and find <laughs> the dot. But how inappropriate is it that Toadie was there? That can't be okay. At least have him 500 metres away in another squad car. Like staple him to the ground. Can, can I just point out to you the roads surrounding Aaronsborough High? I noticed Herbison Road, the executive yep. producer's name. It's on Herbison Road and one of the nearby roads is Mignon Road. Uh, um, Dij, Eloise Mignon. Whose father works on Neighbours as well. Oh. And I, Anderson Road. Bonnie Anderson, Bonnie. maybe? Oh, yeah. So then Heather, we have to feel there's jeopardy that Heather, is she going to reveal the plan? Is Andrea going to discover that Heather's wearing a wire? And she said, Mum, are you wearing a wire? And Heather lifts her top up halfway. She looks fantastic. She does. I, was, I was looking at her abdomen going, bloody hell, Carrie Armstrong, you look brilliant. Keeping yeah. yourself nice. She's core strong and arm strong. Mm. But what top dog who's earned her stripes in the prison doesn't go, all right, mum, now lift your top up the whole way. Yeah, show me your ankle. <laughs> Nothing. Just, just, just nude up. Yeah. Well, just don't believe her because she's never really <laughs> been that, that, you know, Loyal to you. So she wants her other daughter. Anyway, Toad runs down when Heather's dot disappears. <laughs> and um, then at that stage, Heather has baby Hugo and he snatches Hugo out of her arms. So all's well that ends well. Yeah, thankfully. Mm. Oh, how's this? Baby Harold has that same jacket that Hugo was wearing the whole time. Oh, lovely. It's a nice little like, country road, navy jacket. So, um, Harold oh, who, do, who do you reckon's bought that for him? Not Toad. I don't well, – maybe – look, I, I would say it was Toad because I doubt Andrea's been down to country road to buy him a jacket I in the meantime. maybe Dippy picked it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if it was Toad, it'd be something completely Yeah, tasteless. it'd be something floral. It'd be something tropical. Um, sidebar on Levi because we've got some intel mm. to rage – Gave us the exposition on Levi. She did. Bless her. She's put down what Lauren, you know, she's picked up what Lauren put down, the exposition. Mm. So, and Bonnie reminded us that Tarage would have met Levi when Tarage dated Gary at some kind of canning monstrosity event. Or possibly at Gary's funeral as well. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a canning monstrous event, really. This was a weird thing. Okay, so Frank Jr., um, who is married to Jackie and is the parents of Dane and Harley. Who have had appearances on Neighbours yep. over the years. So um, Frank Jr. had an affair, cheated on Jackie um, with Levi's mum, and then Levi's mum had some sort of issues and couldn't raise him, so he was raised in Jackie's household. Um, I love that. I love yeah. a bit of that, Bizzo. But it sounds like he's like a fully-fledged unresented member of that family. Except, except she, who resents him. Sheila's a bit weird about it. Yeah, and I'm a bit worried that 
this is going to get a bit racial for Sheila because why else is she well, keeping him at arm's length? She's always had a soft spot for Jackie, hasn't she? I think it'll be revealed that it's maybe something else. I think it'll be revealed that she's ashamed of herself for not for not you know welcoming him with open arms years ago. And not she, so much now. Or maybe she knew about. Or she maybe she drove his mother away so that Frank could keep the son with him. Yeah, maybe she put him on, put her on a cruise ship. <laughs> and she was saying that um, she was always like very generous with gifts to him. So she hasn't shunned him in that way. Mm. Um, I noticed in the council there's talks about maybe he's from New Zealand. There's accent differences. I, I, I felt a bit of a UK twang in I there. I was picking up a tiny bit of South African. Oh, lovely. That's which would favorite. kind of tie in with – oh, you like oh, – okay. Um, ties in a bit with New Zealand because their accents are fairly similar. Yeah. It's like South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, and we just sound the most spoken out of those two. Yeah. <laughs> Except to Americans. Americans love our accent. And I'm like, no, you're wrong, guys. Yeah. They just think we're loose. Um, hang on, I'm going to Google him yeah, now. Yeah, let's find out. Okay, we've done some I've deep, done some, deep some, diving. A little bit of Googling. And um, on the Riverside Parramatta um, website, it says that – so Richie Morris – Classically trained Richie Morris has played roles from Williams to Shakespeare. He recently graduated from the Sydney Theatre School with a diploma in acting. Um, Richie has worked with directors such as blah, 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 blah. Richie came to Australia when he was 10 and is of Lebanese slash Nigerian heritage. Mm. I love that he's classically trained. I can hear that Mm. accent on a Shakespearean stage. I think that's the thing. That's why it sounds like an accent. It's just... Really good English. Yeah, he just yeah. has to say methinks and thou. <laughs> he is trained in martial arts for three years as well. Yeah, well, that explains the Buff. situation yeah. that's happening. <laughs> the uh, shirtless raking. Yeah. So we've got to the bottom of his accent. Have we? Kind of, maybe no. Thespian, I'm going to go with. Mm. <laughs> um, so I'm intrigued about the canning backstory. That's mm. nice. Um, and are you guys sensing a little flirtation with B? Because they're doing the, um, the love-hate. Dynamic. Um, I the first time I sensed it was in that conversation with Trace. So Trace is like, "Oh, oh, you and Levi." Like Trace, it's just like her little radar went off. Like you guys are the same age. Meanwhile, I was shipping B with Coil because he was using mm-hmm. her as a furfy to to get his nan off his back, who was trying to get up in his love life business. And I thought B was going to pretend to yeah. be Kyle's girlfriend, and they're, then they're both bogues, bogues into the cars. I'm, Singlets. I'm, I'm disturbed by the previews for next week where B is back in the leather um, overall dress oh, yeah. with nothing underneath it. With the zip. It's got like the hooks on it and it's oh. not good. I just think that she needs to be given some time to spend with herself mm. because she has been mm. through a lot relationship-wise. So much. Mm. All right. Someone else who has been through the ringer is young Emmett, our new um, – the, the new Jimmy? Yeah, uh, the new ward of the Branaka household. Mm. Well, he's the Robin to their Batmans. <laughs> he is settling in, in their house. I don't know about Aaron. I feel like Aaron talks to this 13-year-old like he's four. These are so cool. They're paint, but they're like textures, so you can do tags and stuff with them. <laughs> right. You make sure it stays on paper, Yeah. <laughs> Amber, can you go chuck your shoes on, please? We have to leave for dinner soon. <laughs> yep. Hey, come on. It'll still be here when you get back. Let's go. He's like, oh, well done. You've coloured in your page there, buddy. Yeah. Oh, it's just, I think every time they sit down and talk to him, 
they're, they're, they are talking to him like he's four, but also it's just – I know that Emmett's thinking, you guys, I'll lose this. <laughs> I think because there's no other kids on the cast. There was Kersha for a while, but they only have to ever interact with Nellie and Hugo. There's no middle ground, so there's no – no one's used to talking to a tween. Mm. But they're like, hey, mate, do you want to go get your uniform ironed and we'll take you to school? I do think that that is exactly how Aaron and David would talk, though. Yeah. Like, I think that they've hit the uh, hit the characters right on pitch. I guess they haven't interacted with teens. They don't know how. That's why they wanted a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they've read a phrase book for babies and they don't know how to unlearn that. Yeah. They've looked after Ali's kid and they've looked after Nellie once and they're like, yep, young kids. That's my market. So, we started off the week with him that he was only going to be spending one week at their house. And so, they're trying to... You know, they they're kind of they're bereft about this, really, aren't they? They they start yeah. You know, so they decide to hold a kind of a last hurrah party to celebrate having him there. A good old fashioned Barbie, yeah, Ramsey Street style, with a hero dish of the menu. Oh yeah, because apparently his mum makes mac cheese every time they have a Barbie, which oh, is so my cute. Heartstrings being plucked. What a perfect addition to a barbecue. Yeah. Hey Emma, get you some mac and cheese. Uh, it's only from the supermarket, but hopefully it'll hit the spot. You got it for me. Yeah. Well, I had to, didn't I? It's my favourite too. Well, he plants the seed for Paul and Rage to get him some and they to make him some and they're like, we got it. And they obviously they outsource it. <laughs> yeah, well, to the, the supermarket, which, look, I don't think you're getting good mac cheese from the supermarket. I would have thought Rage would just go, let me get onto my Uber Eats and discover a place that makes it. Or our, our new friend, Kate's put me under this guy called the Mac Project. Yeah, we call him the Mac Man in our house. He delivers, like, bakes. Oh, they're sensational. If anyone's in Melbourne and within 10Ks of Ascavale, get onto the Mac Cheese Project. Oh. Anyway, we digress. We love this about Emmett. This is a great character trait, that he likes mac and cheese. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously one of us. But I, I just... This moment when Paul goes to get the mac and cheese, however crap it might be from a supermarket, my heart melted. Paul is, he's everything I love this week. He's beautiful this week. He does, he is Jekyll and Hyde, Paul. Like one week he's the lowest of scum under my shoe and and next week he's just embracing this young hooligan. I, I feel I wouldn't ever let Paul down like his whole family has let him down. So I feel like I'd always be on Paul's good side. Mm, what do you mm. think, CJ? Oh, I think so. I think, you know, like he loves Naomi and Naomi, like they've had their differences, obviously, but I would feel like I'd be a Naomi in his world. P.S., do, do you want to know what I think Naomi left as a parting gift at Lasseter's? I think she vandalised one of the signs there because my partner KB pointed out that there was an L missing and I've posted it on Twitter and in the Neighbours Council. It says Asseter's. <laughs> That's awesome. I can only attribute that to Naomi Canning. Yeah, I love it. That's some great marketing. That's tied in with some kind of publicity scheme. I mean, nothing like a woman's gone, and she was gone by two of the managers. There's a little moment that I really appreciated. So, okay, Darren, they don't know how to to be around young people. Emmett's been um, bullied for his horrible shoes so they've bought him some new sneakers and they've put his other ones straight into the bin without asking him oh that's like some nasty shit out of virginia andrews isn't it let me throw out your only belonging (laughs) (laughs) terrible and some kind of miracle happens ned 
sees him scum- bin scabbing, yeah, foraging through the bin. He goes, "What are you doing, mate?" He goes, "Oh, I liked my shoes." Ned's like, "I've got art glue. I can try and fix those for you." Did anyone else have fear when he took them? Yeah. Thought, What's he going to well, do? Well, look, they looked all right afterwards, but I wouldn't walk through a puddle, mate. Well, like- He'd probably use bloody clag and black paint <laughs> to make them look better. No, he would have got at least a glue gun. It was some of that leftover paper mache glue from Boob Week. That, that was mentioned when he tried to take them. You did a great job with the boobs. <laughs> and the thing Emmett says, they look like a completely different pair of shoes. I think they might have been. I think Ned's, like, cocked it up and went... I'm just going to go down to the whatever, whatever's left of the bric-a-rac shop. Yeah, Kmart. Aren't they? Um, I thought they were like um, Converse. They were just an, a no-name brand black pair of high tops. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so he's just done the old, um, your shoes have gone to the country. And <laughs> I just want someone to teach that kid how to box. And then if anyone hangs shit on his shoes again, he can just punch him in the, the nose mm. and then they won't tease him about his shoes. Well, B did all right in the ring. Ned, mm. Ned, so did Ned did Fight Club. That's true. I'd was forgotten it? all yeah. about that drama. Okay, I'm now. I've got Baby Doctor Carl attached to me. Funnily enough, we're talking about a child who became detached this week. Yes, our second missing child of the week. Um, so we have um, this barbecue. Everyone's getting along like a house, and then. Aaron and David have this weird scheme of picking up Emmett from his school, which is an hour away. They're like, keep staying here. Don't change schools. You're settled at your school. But what's this convoluted situation? Oh, look, I I feel for poor Emmett here. It's The thing is, they're making this whole foster situation all about them and their needs. They wanted a baby. They didn't get a baby. It's it's awful. This It's a privilege to get to raise a child. Yes. It shouldn't be a punishment for them that they've got a teenager. And the thing is, it should all be about... Emmett's best interest, which is staying in a situation that he's used to, friends he's around, and he's got friends apparently. It's not all bullies at Shitbag High. And guess what, Aaron? Your your 9am classes for the next two weeks, cancelled. Yeah. Um, Ross, I don't care if he's got the flu. Okay, you can't go to work if you've got flu symptoms. No, but gyms are closed anyway, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Also, apparently he has staff, plural. Get someone else to fill it in. Pierce and Hendrix could come by and run a class. Yeah, yeah. Pierce, Pierce definitely could. They, I thought they were all on the Tim Robards app. Um, I think the thing is, though, they keep involving him in conversations that he shouldn't be involved in. Exactly. So they're like, oh, let's all sit down as a family and figure out the logistics of no. getting him to school. No, no. He's a kid. No, he's a kid. Um, what were they going to do if they had a baby anyway? What, they, they both work full time? We'll just skip those 9am feeds. He's got he's got hit class then. <laughs> okay, so currently um, when he was in his temporary care with them, there was a someone who'd chauffeur him to school and pick him up as well, which seems to work pretty well. But now he's going to live with them on a more permanent basis. Um, apparently that just stops. I mean, look, because of Deborah Lee Finesse's involvement, I tend to think... I'm just going to believe all of these facts that I'm not quite sure about because mm. it probably is just the way it is. Yeah, there probably is someone who does a car service for people that need it. That's definitely true. Like there's people that drive kids to the prison from foster care to see their parents. Um, so it, it doesn't surprise me that that would be. And there's human error in every industry. So for all we know, that driver had a bad day at work yeah. and he stuffed up his pickup. Yeah, he yeah. didn't get to go to his morning class. 
There was utter. There's a there's a balls up. Emmett gets left at Barrington. Barrington. Yeah, it's Barrington High. Yeah. Barrington High, and he just poor little sad Emmett just stands there, just waiting, and waiting he's, for he's, someone to turn up. He's dressed like a Dickensian urchin too. He is, that's what I was thinking. That's what um, Hard times. And then he's down to one percent on his old brick of a phone. So he must have charged it a week ago. Which actually doesn't check out because old brick phones would have lasted for weeks. Exactly. Um, and so he rings up Aaron and Aaron's like all flustered. And rather than just going, okay, go to the office and I'll bring you there. You know. And Principal Joe Bloggs can drive you home. Mm. Um, instead, the phone cuts out without any solution to poor Emmett's problems. Um, and David's also freaking out after David comes home. He's freaking out. And David's like, I just want you to sit down and calm down. And I'm like, no, Aaron, get up. Get up in the car and get out there. God damn it. So what happens is that Aaron, in actually probably his most inspired thinking, rings up Paul because he remembers that Paul has, had driven um, Harlow out to the prison out old Barrington way. Paul's out on the open road. He's like, who do I know that's in a car right now? So he's like, oh, yeah, I'll go pick him up, which actually reminds me of my dad. I was like, that's something my dad would do. Um, and then he, and he gets there and there's no Emmett. Yeah. But he says, Paul says, don't worry, I'll find him. Yeah. It's Paul. And he, he will. And like he saw Toadie off yonder <laughs> who'd been beached. Beached. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to see this kid. He, he saw Toadie and he goes, that's not a humpback. <laughs> It's a toadfish. <laughs> so Aaron, no, David, yeah. no, Aaron's been emailing with Layla, which I find is just non-urgent at all. No. As social worker, the, the foster agency. So they've been back and forth and Layla's very nonchalant about most things we found, I, I think over the last few weeks. But um, so he just says we went and got him yeah, from but, the school. But Emmett hears that and Emmett's like, oh. So Paul's not on the list. So Paul drove him home and he's not on the, you know, like he, he hasn't had his working with children, Jake, probably. Well, c- can I explain it to you like they explained it to Emmett? Oh, Paul's done some things in the past and he wouldn't go on the list. And if I was Emmett, I'd be like, am I allowed to be in the same room as him? Because they basically made Paul sound like a pedophile. Oh, yeah. Emmett, I didn't Emmett, even pick that up. Emmett had no further questions. No, because the poor thing is loving this place. There's mac and cheese and poskas. And he's oh, he's poskas and the, the cricket bat and the... Yeah, and a new, I think a new visual diary. That's what he got out. Oh, oh yeah, he's got into your Bujo business. Yeah. He's going to be highlighting things with Mackenzie in no time. <laughs> so now Emmett feels like he's indebted to the boys because they've lied to the foster agency about his pickup plan. So in order to, you know, keep everything above board, Emmett's like, well, I'll just change schools and it'll be fine and, and this will never happen again and I'll, I'll go to bloody Erinsborough High and have no future. And the the social worker picks up on that and she's like, this is weird because, you know, he's expressed a wish before to remain in his school but now he's just suddenly changed his mind and this can happen when kids are feeling insecure about where they're staying. I was like, oh, God. And, like, this is like a whole... Like there's a whole like revelation to Aaron because Aaron's pretty dim, isn't he? And he's pretty pretty pri- privileged, mm. you know, pretty privileged upbringing. Yeah, 
Like as, as mentioned in the interview, there was abuse happening in his home and he was just skipping through it nah. like nothing was going on. Ma Brennan never missed a pickup for Aaron's dance classes. No. Nah. Um, d- um, anything to add, baby Carl? All Aaron had to do was say to Layla, um, yeah, one of our family members picked him up and she would have gone, you're not meant to just send randos. And Aaron could have just played dumb and said, oh, sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, but also we were in an emergency. I'm sorry. Um, and also... Yeah, I mean, you'd say it was an emergency. He'd already been waiting two hours for the chauffeur who failed to collect him. And we'd already lost him once last week. We didn't want to lose him again. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure losing him and having him run away is not, like, in the book either. So, And she was okay with that. So I think she'd probably say, oh, look, please don't do that again. Section A of the handbook, blah, blah, blah. But also Darren dropped the ball in that Paul could have picked him up and taken him to the shop where they bought the Poskas. And they could have met them there. They were loose poskers too, the pens. I, I, in my head, they went to a news agency because they would have had the display. Mm-hmm. They don't have packets. They're all just loose. An old one. See, I, Paul is a boomer. He'd take them to like a, a real – he wouldn't go to office works. He he'd go got, to, yeah. And he would have said, do you want a scratchy as well? Oh, yeah. He'd, he'd always get one because he's Paul. He's lucky. Yeah. Oh, and you can pick up a magazine about one of your video games. Lovely. But who's giving like a 13-year-old poskers? Because he's like, I can do some tags with it. Can you chrome off of them? Probably. And and Aaron knew the word tag. He goes, yeah. nice tag to Aww. Emmett. Because <laughs> he went and Googled it in the laundry. <laughs> so they sit down and explain to him, as you mentioned, about how they've lied and he comes up with this conclusion. Another conversation that Emmett shouldn't have been involved in. Mm. He shouldn't ha- have had to thought about any of no. this. No, it's their um, emotionally blackmailing him, mm. aren't they? The only conversation that was appropriate is all the conversations he had about with Tarage and Paul about food and drink. Like oh. later in the pub when Tarage is telling him to mix all the flavours together. That's very age-appropriate dialogue. Yeah, it is. Did you notice when Tarage was playing Paul and how she's a bit of a shark? She was wielding that pool stick, however you say <laughs> it. Like she knows her way around it. Just just like when she was riding the ball, the inflatable ball. Mm-hmm. She knows. She's having hark back, uh, flashbacks to her Darwin pub days. Yeah, you can yeah. take the Darwin out of the girl. Oh, hang on. No, you can, take, you can take the girl out of Darwin, but you can't take the Darwin out of the girl. Well, Dr. Carl wants us to wrap this up, so because he's got some stuff of his own to talk about. Shall we do Citizen or Citizen of the Week? Yeah. Sure. Um, citizen Johnny Ruffo for stealing Andrea's money. Hmm. I want to – look, I almost want to give it to Citizen to Ned for his miracle glue, but I won't. Um, but I was really impressed by his miracle glue. But I will give it Shitizen of the Week to Levi Canning for having a civilian prisoner come up with your undercover cop schemes. Hmm. When, what did they teach you at the academy? Not much. Not much. Come up with your own plans. Oh, look, I, it's still a better plan than anything Mark Brennan would have come up with. Okay, that's, okay true. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Citizen. I've already swooned all over Paul this week, but I'm just going to go for it again. And it's mainly for the mac and cheese. <laughs> he is doing what you're meant to do with a child. Listen to what he's saying and try and support him. And what's going to bring you comfort during this time? Bloody carbs yeah. with cheese on them. Well, wonderful. And right at the end of the week there, a little spanner in the works for the Castle Grace on. Chloe and Pierce think this looks like fun and they want to open their doors to a foster child. How much are they just the most basic people in the world? They're like, oh, this seems great. I mean, they've only lost him twice. There's been no problems. 
We can do it. Do you reckon Pierce is like Veruca Salt? He's like, Daddy, I want a golden egg. He's like, but I can buy a child too. And what I love, what does Layla do, Kate? Layla's like, nah. Well, Layla has a chat with Hendrix and Hendrix is like, these guys are bloody, no, not right. Which if Hendrix hadn't come home at that precise moment, they would have talked to the social worker about it, caring for a child without consulting with the teenager that lives with them. Yeah. These guys like nearly broke up last week and now they want to have like a a Band-Aid foster baby. And they said to Hendrix, Hendo, what did you say to Layla? And he's like, that you nearly broke up last week, you schmucks. And it's just, and like, as they mentioned, as Van mentioned last week, there's a whole lot of different people that are welcome to foster, but not unstable people. <laughs> you can't bloody work your way around a menage a trois. You can't work, you can't add another person into the household. The, the kids in the foster system deserve, you know, they've already been dealt a rough hand in life. They deserve better. Mm, they really do. Take your millions, donate them to someone who is stable enough to foster. Yeah, there's plenty of people that can't afford it. Give them money and they'll look after the kids. Mm. You know what I, my first thought was? I, I watched this episode just before I left the for the pod and I heard um, Chloe say, she's called up and said that they don't want us even though we haven't told them yet that we want to foster. <laughs> and I thought, just go and buy one, guys. Go don't, buy a kid don't worry, from somewhere. Chloe, yeah, just go over to India, pick one up. Yeah. Just go do something inappropriate. Because Chloe's, again, not used to being rejected. Remember when Pierce rejected her? Rejected her. She's like, but I didn't even tell him I wanted to go out with him. Yeah. Lovely to see you two ladies again. You two guys. I think they're clamping back down on restrictions in Victoria next week. Second wave's off on the horizon. Well, yeah. So who knows? We might be back on remote next week. We'll see. But we're all doing well. So that's good. Yeah, we're having a great time. Baby Dr. Carl's living his best life. Eating and sleeping, sometimes both at once. <laughs> Why not? I would if I could. Yeah. So we'll keep chatting. Neighbourspod.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, CJ the Hot Mess Mum and Kate. I'm at Remude on Twitter. And Vaya is at Vaya Pashos for her Oz, um, Oz, hang on, what's the, Oz, for her Australian paced tweeting and um, the, at Neighbours Pod, um, back catalog for non for spoiler free neighbours tweeting, um, and don't forget to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, and who who are we killing off with our exit track this week? R.I.P. Vera Lynn. <laughs> well, look, look, she's meeting a lot more pe- lot of people again <laughs> right now. Bless her. So, um, get your health insurance in order, whoever we go out on. See ya. Bye.